Welcome back to the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. This is your host, Stephanie, and this is episode 103. My goodness, I took a break over the summer, but I am back now. I'm ready to have so many more conversations with you guys. And if you're new here, we really just have a wide uh, range of conversations. And it used to be like, I used to be like really strict about the pillars and, and different things that we talked about, like faith and finances and marriage. And now it's just exploded from there. So I really can't put this podcast in a box anymore, other than the fact it the bottom line or the heartbeat behind this podcast is driving generational change through our motherhood or kind of changing this familial narrative that we have if it's a negative one, right? So if we like come from poverty, how do we break that cycle and learn how to build wealth? Or if we come from like divorce and broken marriages, how do we turn around and like have a successful relationship and all whatever from from this to that from A to B? How do we do that with the platform and influence and role that we play as a mother specifically? And so that is what we're here for today. And I have been leaning more towards finances in this podcast, and it still will continue to lead lean a lot towards finances because that is just my jam. And it's it's a place that I've really felt called to step into and coach and teach women about money and how to ultimately get out of debt and build wealth. But this episode is not a money episode, y'all. This episode is a parenting episode. And if you don't know, I have five little ones. I have four boys and a little girl. And, um, so I'm like right in the thick of it. Okay. I have a 10 year old all the way down to a one year old and everything in between for the most part. So let's talk about the number one, uh, best, whatever parenting advice or little bit tidbit of knowledge that I have received as a parent. Okay. This is like literally doesn't compare to anything else is this. Ride the bell curve of your child's meltdown and do not discipline at the climax of the meltdown. Now, let's back up for a second. So it was either Dr. Laura Florian in a previous episode or uh, Rachel who came on here as parent experts, Rachel Bailey, who came on here as parent experts, or it might have been when I was on one of their podcasts. Either way, they were coaching me on how to be a better parent because, you know, not all of us can be parenting experts. However, we were talking about this meltdown bell curve at some point. And who knew, right? Who freaking knew? I remember talking to my mom with, about this and she's like, what? That would have been nice to know. So when our children, and honestly, even us as adults, when we get dysregulated or we are just kind of out of sorts, there is this bell curve that happens. There's kind of this buildup. There's this climax where we're just, for, for example, a child. We can kind of see it as a mother happening, right? We can see something starting to be wrong. We can start to see like the aggravation, anxiety or whatever. And then all of a sudden there's a full-blown like craziness happens. And there's that's the full-blown meltdown where your kid's going limp. They're screaming, hitting, like whatever it might be. Like they're completely out of line and out of control. And then their little body gets exhausted and it just starts to to uh, decline, okay? And then they're back to like just quiet or they're just kind of exhausted or they're doing the little, <laughs> you know, when they're crying. So there is this bell curve that happens when your kid is having a tantrum. And honestly, it happens when adults have tantrums also, but let's just stick with our children. And I want to talk about why this piece of advice, when I have five children, again, aging from one to 10, why this is the most powerful piece of advice that I have gotten to build 
uh, number one, emotional intelligence within my children, and also number two, to keep my ish together as a parent. Because I used to, and let's be real, I still do sometimes, but it's very easy to get very overwhelmed and triggered when your kids are having a full-blown tantrum, especially because we start to like internalize that, right? Like we start to feel like, well, why are you throwing a fit about this? Like you have all of these things or, you know, we've had a great day. Why are you saying that today was awful? Because one thing, little thing happened, right? We start to get triggered or we start to like, if we're out in public, we start to feel like it's a reflection on our parenting. Like we haven't come down hard enough and whatever. Okay. And here's what I repeat to myself all the time now. I am able to handle my child. I am able to handle my child. And so this is really important to say to yourself and that I say to myself, because when we are out in public, it is going to be without fail, y'all. If you have a child, there's going to be a meltdown out in public. And there are so many people watching you. You know, you got the boomers who are like, (laughs) somebody gives to give that kid a spanking or whatever, right? Which we don't spank our kids. And what I always repeat to myself, if we're out in public or if we're at like our in-laws or even like at my own house and there are people over and I can see this tantrum about to like be ridiculous, I just repeat to myself, I can handle my child. I do not need other people's opinion, though it's welcomed in like a conversational atmosphere, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. I don't need someone else. I am the mother. And so when my kid is starting to ramp up and they are about to hit this climax of ridiculousness. I don't care who's watching. To the best of my ability, I am trying to ground myself to not get worked up with my child because it pisses me off that you are acting like this after an amazing day or after a, you name, actually, I'm going to give you a very specific story after this. Um, you know what I mean? I'm going to try to keep my cool. I'm going to understand that what is happening right now is out of line and ridiculous, but also normal. I have a child, not a mini adult. I have a child who is completely dysregulated and they have no idea how to get it together, right? Because at this point, if you know the whole, if you've ever read, uh, what's the brain book, whole brain child, right? They, f- they have done flipped their lid. They are in fight, fight, or freeze. You cannot have a conversation with them. They are, there is nothing that they can honestly do until they have calmed back down. They cannot take in any conversation. You cannot teach them in this moment, which is also why you cannot discipline when it, we are at the peak of a meltdown. Okay. For two reasons. Number one, they don't freaking care, right? We're like, if you don't stop this, you're going to, we're not going to go to Kings Island on Friday. Or if you don't stop this, like we're going to, you're going to get all your toys taken, whatever, whatever name, whatever your go-to is, right? Taking something away, punishment, timeout, whatever. Um, We are doing that out of a reaction to being like annoyed with this meltdown. And so it may be like 10 a.m. and you're like, you're going to go to bed for the night (laughs) if you don't stop. And it's like, okay, well, it's 10 a.m. So I'm not really going to. So number one, this helps us not discipline something that we are not going to follow through with because it's just as ridiculous as their tantrum. Okay, number one. Um, Number two, they don't freaking care. 
you could literally threaten just about anything at this point, and their logical brain is so far gone that it literally does not matter what you say. They don't care. They physically cannot regulate themselves. And so when you are just piling on and piling on, you know, a discipline or a consequence or whatever, when they are at this peak of this meltdown, it is like just going to keep climbing. Okay. Um, Until all of a sudden that peak does hit and they do start the descent from this like meltdown bell curve. And then all of a sudden you've done taken away every toy (laughs) Every friend's house, every fun thing they've earned, every snack, every, you know what I mean? And it's like, well, crap, now we're sitting here staring at each other and either I don't follow through with what I just said, which takes away my credibility. And they're sitting there like finally coming to with their logical brain like, crap, I literally just lost absolutely everything. And they're almost like waking up. (laughs) You know what I mean? So... I was a little hesitant when I heard about this bell curve because you think that it's just random when they're having meltdowns. It's not. Like, I want you just to take a breath the next time your toddler is about to throw the throw a freaking fit because you gave them a red cup and not a blue cup. And I want you to stick with the freaking blue, red cup, okay? And I want you to say, here, here's a red cup. And they're like, I wanted the blue one. And they start freaking out and they chuck the, you know, cup across the room and whatever. And at that point, that's the point where we're like, are you freaking kidding me? Go pick that cup up. Da, 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 da. Just all you got to say, first of all, calm yourself down because that's annoying when, when kids do that. And just tell them, okay, I hear that you wanted the blue cup, but I already gave you the red cup with the milk and water in it, whatever. Um, next time, let's get the blue cup tomorrow. That's all you got to say. Something very simple. Now, they're going to get mad and mad and mad. And eventually they will come back down. They may be on the floor screaming, kicking, crying over a blue cup. But they will come back down. And once they have come back down, I'm telling you, like, set an alarm, you guys. Like, I can see a tantrum starting. I'm setting my alarm. Maybe after seven minutes, they're back down and you can have a conversation with them. You know what I mean? So let me give you the example that just happened in our home two nights ago. Okay, so, or was it last night? I think it was last night. So our three-year-old threw our switch in the toilet about nine months ago. And we did not just like go out and buy them a new switch because, you know, take care of your stuff. Even though it was really the, you know, three-year-old that did it, everyone kind of suffered for it because they just didn't have it and it is what it is. However... My husband and I decided to get them a switch two nights ago. And so we did. And we got it very late on later, late in the evening on two days ago. And so they basically got to see that we got it and then couldn't play it. They had to go to bed, which actually was totally fine. The following day, it was like raining and storming. And I was like, you know what, guys? Like, you guys can honestly just play all day today. I literally don't care. Okay. So they played all day and they had so much fun and they were excited and then they were fighting and they were excited whatever it was just I remember sitting and playing like Mario Kart for hours when I was a kid so all four of them were down there playing Smash Brothers and all the things right and they literally played you guys from like 9 a.m until probably 7 p.m on and off all day long well when it was time to be done at 7 a.m 7 p.m one of my children, all actually three of my children, got up and were like, okay, we're going to bed. One of my children, and I will say it was not the four-year-old, <laughs> it was one of the older ones, 
absolutely lost their mind when I told them that it was time to be done. After playing for like 10 hours off and on. Now, they should not be playing for 10 hours. That is not a typical thing. It was just a fun thing that we did after we got the switch. So moving on. That situation, he was sitting in this gaming chair in our basement and he lost his ever loving mind. And he is typically my like gentle spirited kid. Okay. He was screaming. He was like clenching the remote, like crying. He was yelling at me like, I, you're never going to let me play again. And we never even got to play. I'm like, dude, even and here I am trying to rise with him. Like, are you freaking kidding me? I am telling him like, dude, we literally just played for 10 hours. Like, don't tell me that you didn't get to play enough or that you still have to play or you're never, you're going to wait until tomorrow. And that's okay. And then, and then this whole advice thing kicked in and I'm telling you, he was being like over the top. And I literally said, you know what? Like, clearly this was too much video game, which it really is for anyone, but it's too much today. So we're going to probably have to take tomorrow off. And this is me like getting aggravated and saying like, you couldn't handle this, which is really my fault because I'm the one that let him do it, but you can't handle this. So we're not going to play tomorrow, which what do you think happened? He got even more upset, right? And so at this point, it's starting to kick into me that like, I need to A, not discipline at the peak of this because he's pissed, right? And his behavior is unacceptable. We'll talk about that later. But he's not hearing anything. And he is like on the rise to this climax. And so I just calmly said, I'm going to go upstairs. It is bedtime. We need to put the switch down. And I turned around and I walked upstairs. And I could hear him screaming. I mean, it was like so weird. This is not this kid that does this. Um, he was He's usually just my very calm kid. He was screaming bloody murder down there. And I just was like, this is ridiculous. So then he comes walking upstairs and he just looks at me like so upset. And he just kind of, he doesn't slam the door. We have a self-closing door, but he kind of slams the door and he, he just goes right up into his bed. And he, I can hear him like screaming up there in frustration. And this whole time I'm like taking a breath, reteaching myself that he is completely dysregulated. He is upset in his mind. Like it sucks when you're like having fun doing something and somebody like is done, tells you you have to be done. Okay. So anyways, I go up about, I don't know five minutes later and he's in his bed and he's still crying and I go and I try to talk to him and he's like still just like oh I just want to play like I just whatever and so I asked him I said are you ready to talk or are you still really upset I can come back in five minutes and he was like still unable to talk so I came back in about probably three minutes and here's another strategy that I do so he was not calming down and this had been probably 10 minutes now since I had told him to turn it off we do a sensory thing to calm down. So basically I'm like, okay, you need to sit up, tell me five things that you see. And then through like tears and crying, he, and, and honestly, he didn't want to do it, but he did it. You know, I'm like, what is this? And he's like a pillow. I'm like, okay, what's over there that we close a door? What's this? His stuffed animal. What's this? His blanket name, one more thing that you see. And then we say like, what are four things that you hear? What are three things that you um, can touch? What are two things that you can um, smell and what's one thing that you can taste? 
Okay. The taste is always, he always laughs because it's spit is what he says. So that kind of gets him to like ground himself, that whole sensory exercise. So now he's not crying. He's not screaming. He's kind of come back and now he's laughing a little bit. And so then at that point, at that point is the conversation that needs to happen. And I had a whole conversation with him about our bodies and video games and how, you know, listen, let's talk about what just happened. And what just happened was this. You played video games for a very long time. And though that is very fun and it seems very fun, that's actually really hard on your body. And here's why. And remember, he has calmed down at this point and we are like, he's like sobering up, so to speak. And we're having this conversation. And I'm saying, when you play a video game for this long, there is like, you're so excited, so excited, so excited because you're winning Mario Kart. And then you're like mad because you're losing. Or and then you're like so excited because you guys are playing Rocket League and it's so fun. And then boom, you lost and you're like mad again, right? And this it's this roller coaster of emotions as you are playing these video games all day long. And it kind of builds, right? Like it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds. And then all of a sudden, and I just looked at him and I said, what just happened? We just exploded. It's like a volcano. We were building all day long. And then when I asked you something simple, like, hey, let's be done after 10 hours of playing, it just was an explosion. And so what we need to do tomorrow, mom needs to make sure that, you know, we're not playing that long. I still want you guys to have fun, but I think that we should probably build in breaks so that we're not building and building and building and building and building and then there's an explosion but we're building a little bit because it is fun to like be winning and then you know just the competitive nature of a video game then you're kind of losing and you're winning and you're losing but then we need to step away and take a break we need to step away and play a card game we need to be away from screens let's go swimming in our pool let's go ride a bike let's go you know something that is off and then we can come back and that way we're not building all day and so that this does not happen again and he was completely able to understand that and he, and I and honestly I didn't even punish him. I probably would have had he thrown a remote or had he um you know, I don't know. He really didn't say anything that was rude or disrespectful. It was honestly just screaming. And to me, once I was calmed down and we were having this conversation, it was truly a just dysregulation. They have not had video games for nine months. It was a very exciting day, very emotionally taxing day because of that, you know, everything's competitive, Mario Kart and Rocket League and all the things, right? And I realized that his inability to regulate himself does not need a punishment. It needs teaching. It needs awareness brought to it. And I need to put other, that was just dumb, honestly, to let them play for 10 hours. That's also on me. And so we need to take that responsibility as the parent, accountability as the parent also, to kind of take some part in that. I basically just set him up <laughs> to, you know, try to regulate himself or to I pulled him away from something that he was clearly not ready. Now, listen, I had two kids younger than him and one kid older than him. So shocker, if you know my family, who this one was, um, that were totally fine. They were completely fine. And honestly, like I said, this child is typically a little more regulated than most people, most of my children. So for him, this specific experience just put him over. 
And so I chose not to discipline him. I did not take away the switch for the next day. I did not do anything. But what I did do was I gave him some tools and we kind of made a plan together. Like, okay, hey, we are going to play today. So today is the day after this whole craziness happened. And I just said, I will allow you to play, but we need to build in breaks because it's thundering and freaking lightning and craziness. Swim team got canceled, all everything. Okay. So we're inside anyways. And so I said, we are going to build in our 20 minutes of reading, our 20 minutes of math, our 20 minutes of cleaning. You can play Monopoly deal. Like we're going to build in breaks so we don't build so that this doesn't happen again. And he kind of helped me do that. And I actually have a sitter here today so I can get some recording done. And she is implementing that. I mean, I'm here in my house. They're just down downstairs. But she is pulling them away and then letting them go back. So the best uh, parenting advice or not piece of knowledge that I've ever gotten was that tantrums happen on a bell curve. And to not discipline at the height of them because that is when we are triggered and we start throwing, you know, all kinds of crap at them. And and honestly, when we, when we do that, the goal is that we want them to stop the behavior. It's behavior modification when we're trying to be like, you're going to be grounded for 20 years if you don't stop. They don't care. They can't hear it. Their logical brain is long gone. Um, and then all of a sudden we are left with, well, Either I stick with the 20-year grounding or I look like a fool that, you know, doesn't follow through on what I'm saying. And then I lose credibility with my own child. And, you know, honestly, like you start to stop trusting yourself and the consequences you're giving. So stop doing that. It's hard to do. And honestly, if you do, I often will do that. I often will give a punishment or a whatever consequence in the middle of me being upset because they're in the peak of their tantrum before I remember or like my logical brain comes back online and I remember like, oh yeah, (laughs) everything I'm saying doesn't freaking matter to them because they don't care because their logical brain is long gone. So once I kind of kick back in, which is quicker typically than my seven-year-old, then I will say one of two things. Number one, I will say, I don't know what's happening right now, but there's going to be a consequence later. (laughs) I don't know what that is yet. And I will let you know because there is going to be something because you just hit your brother or you just threw a remote or you just, you know what I mean? Like if something does deserve a consequence of some, some, something, then I will give that. But I I have learned to say, we are going to have a consequence for this. We're going to talk about that later. Because it's, and let me just like, what that means is I don't freaking know what to do right now, but I'm not going to just throw a bunch of crap at you, right? Not throw physical things, but like throw a, a grounding into this and into that. I'm not doing that because I'm not going to follow through with it because I'm, a, I'm I'm not able to think clearly right now either because you're stressing me out. Um, And then also the sensory things. If your kid just does not seem to be able to kind of come back down, five things you see, four things you hear, three things you can touch, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste, okay? Typically, that gets my kids kind of over that hump to come down. Um, okay, let me see at my notes here. I think that's it. So let me know what you guys think. Um, if that's kind of eye-opening to you, I want you guys to try it out and just see with your own kids what their bell curve looks like and if you see that in your kids just in general. 
it helps us know that it's finite and it's not just them going off the handles and it's going to be like, God, this could be an hour. I don't freaking know. I have to stop this now. You don't. You don't have to stop it. Obviously, there's appropriate times when you might have to remove a child or whatever else. But the truth is, like, if you're at home, perfect place to to try this, like, just calmly meet them at the climax of their craziness and say, you know, I don't freaking know, whatever. And then once they calm down, that's when we have the conversation. And I will challenge you, not everything needs a punishment or a consequence. Like I said, had he hit someone, thrown a controller, a brand new freaking switch controller that we just got, um, or something along those lines, I would have had some kind of consequence. But he really didn't. Everything was pretty age appropriate, though ridiculous, pretty age appropriate. And it was just a matter of not knowing how to regulate himself. And honestly, he didn't really even know what was happening where I, as the parent, knew uh, you've had way too much sensory input and like too much of a roller coaster emotional day through this, these video game competitions. Like I knew that was kind of what was going on underneath. He didn't. He's seven. And so there's no reason for me to discipline the dysregulation. There's just not. Um, so it is what it is. Anyways, all I'm saying is crazy behavior doesn't always need a consequence. We just need to teach and disciple our children on how to stay out of those situations uh, by taking a break or whatever else and also how to get through them, the sensory things, and also building emotional connection afterwards when we're calm and we're talking to them and also building that emotional connection uh during when we aren't flying off the handles with them okay all right guys well i hope you all have a wonderful wonderful week i can't believe it's almost time to head back to school and i look forward to walking with you to help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace <laughs>